Amen. You know, I didn't realize it because usually I prepare these messages or begin preparing them several weeks in advance. Uh, you know, as you know, we're going through the book of Judges, and so uh, it's not me picking the messages. It really is God choosing the messages, what comes next. And it's just remarkable how God has chosen this message for graduation Sunday. So, uh, graduates, pay attention because this is not just from Brother Bill. This is absolutely from God for you. And so I pray that it blesses you uh, and it blesses, blesses the rest of our church uh, as we seek to understand some warning signs. Uh, everywhere you go in life, graduates, you will find warning signs. Warning signs. On the roadways, you'll find signs like construction ahead. Signs like bridge out. Signs like utility crew ahead. And one that Kyle Word knows real good, a sign that says speed that our body gives us from time to time. Think about it. Pain. Tenderness. Fatigue. All those things indicate that something ain't right. Something's wrong in our bodies. So if you ignore those signs, you might come into serious illness or maybe even death. But there are also warning signs that our minds give out from time to time. When we have a problem, our minds may give us feelings of sadness, feelings of despair, feelings of anxiety. And all of those can indicate that something is not right and there may be some indicators of depression there. And so if you ignore those warning signs that your mind is giving you, it can lead to far worse mental issues. But then there are spiritual warning signs. There are times when if you're honest with yourself, you're a little bit slack in your day-to-day -day commitment to Christ. There are times when, if you're honest, you just aren't attending church like you really know you should. There are times, if you're honest, that you realize, you know what? I'm not carving out part of my day to spend in prayer with God like I should. There may be times in your life where you're not being the generous giver. You're not giving your bread to the poor. Amen. Like you should. There are times perhaps when you are harboring bitterness about a situation in your life. Maybe there's times in your life where you're harboring unforgiveness. And that can certainly be a problem. But then there are those times when you're flirting with sin. You know what I'm talking about. Those times when you're messing around in places you ain't got no business. And if you ignore those warning signs, then it can lead to spiritual shipwreck. Today, we're going to find that had Samson heeded the signs, 
Had he paid attention to the signs, he could have avoided major dangers and events that led to his dishonor, that led to his defeat, and that ultimately led to his death. And I have found that if you and I will see, if you and I will heed the signs that should have warned Samson to stop what he was doing and change directions, had he stopped and paid attention to the signs he could have avoided, and we can avoid dangers that might lie ahead in our lives. Today, on page 231 in the Bibles in front of you, in Judges chapter 14, I'm going to share with you nine verses, and we'll talk about some of these warning signs that Samson ignored. Verse 1, chapter 14 of Judges, the Bible says, Now Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. And so he went up and he told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughter of the Philistines. Now therefore get her for me as my wife. Then his father and mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren or among all my people that you must go and get a wife from this uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. But his father and mother did not know that this was of the Lord, that the Lord was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. For at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. And so Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother, and he came to the vineyards in Timnah. Now to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore that lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father and mother what he had done. And then he went down and he talked with that woman, and she pleased Samson well. After some time, when he returned to get her, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion he had killed. And behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of that dead lion. And he took some of that honey in his hands, and he went along eating it. And when he came to his father and mother, he gave some to them. And they also ate, but he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of a dead lion. Today, I want you to see four warning signs that in Samson's life that could have prevented him a whole ton of trouble. The first warning sign is Samson's desires. The desires that gripped Samson's life, the desires that motivated Samson's life should have been a huge Flashing warning sign that problems were just around the corner. The first desire was this. Samson had an ungodly desire for ungodly women. It appears that on his last trip down south to Timnah, Samson saw a Philistine woman. Now the reason he saw a Philistine woman is because he was looking for a Philistine woman. Amen? But he saw this Philistine woman, she caught his eye, and he tells his parents, 
I want her to be my wife. Now, you need to understand that Samson's entire life has been summed up, will be summed up by the events involving three ungodly women. One, this Philistine woman down in Timnah. Two, a harlot, a prostitute from Gaza. And third, the one that we're all familiar with, a woman named Delilah from the story of Samson and Delilah. These three ungodly women, women began to limit the scope of Samson's service to God. But they also ultimately shortened Samson's life. So Samson might have been strong physically, but Samson was very weak spiritually. You see, graduates, if you didn't know it, true strength is not measured in how much you can lift. I go to the gym, and I realize that although I may be able to lift a lot of weights, that doesn't make me spiritually strong. Let me tell you what makes you spiritually strong. True strength, true spiritual strength is measured in how well you can control your actions. True spiritual strength is measured in how well you can control your attitudes. True spiritual strength is measured in how well you can control, and this is the big one, how well you can control your spiritual appetites, your desires. And listen, our problems today in the spiritual realm begin in the exact same place that Samson's problems began back in the Old Testament. They begin right here with our own hearts as we seek to fulfill our own selfish, twisted desires. James 1.14 puts it this way, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. You see, the problem of sin, friends, is an internal problem. The problem of sin doesn't begin with somebody else. The problem of sin doesn't even begin with the devil. The problem of sin begins with us and our own selfish desires. And those desires should be a huge flashing warning sign for us as we move forward in our lives. When we begin to long for the things that God forbids, then that's a warning sign that we are headed for trouble. For Samson, the first warning sign was a flashing sign that said, you are desiring ungodly women. But there's a second one. Because Samson's second desire was for his own ungodly way. Not just the women, but his own ungodly way. There are two statements that we read in verse 3 that tell us a whole lot about Samson's heart. Here's the two statements. Samson says to his mama and his daddy, Go get her for me. The second statement he tells to his mama and daddy, For she pleased me well. Where was Samson's focus? It was on me, on himself, right? It was on what he thinks, on what he feels, on what Samson wants. He saw this woman, he wanted this woman, and there was nothing that was going to stop him from getting that woman. 
Amen? It wasn't the objections of his parents. It wasn't going to be the thoughts of anybody else. It wasn't going to be what was best for the nation. It wasn't even going to be what God thought was best. No, nothing was going to stop Samson from having his own way. And that was ultimately his demise. So here was a man, Samson, a man called, a man who was born separated unto the Lord for his entire life. Samson's life was not his own. He didn't belong to him. He belonged to the Lord. He was the Lord's for the Lord to use as the Lord saw fit. But Samson's desires defied the will of God. He didn't care what God thought. He was going to do what he wanted to do. And that was a warning sign that he should have seen that it was going to lead to trouble down the road. Now this stands for me and you too. This stands for us as well because the Bible says that we are to be God's possession. His own peculiar people. Now, some of y'all are real peculiar, amen? Say amen if you're peculiar, amen? But that's not what God's talking about in the Bible here. When he says you're his own peculiar people, he's talking about his own special people. We're to be God's own special people, zealous for good works. You see, God owns us. He has the right to own us as a right of creation, but he also owns us as a right of redemption. He's the one that made us. He's the one that saves us. Therefore, we should be all about his will and not our own. Don't make the same mistake that Samson made in demanding your own ungodly way. Because when you don't, when you don't demand the Lord's will above your own, it's a clear warning sign that you're heading for trouble. You're heading for trouble. The first warning sign for Samson that he was heading for trouble was his own ungodly desires. But there's a second warning sign, and that is Samson's disrespect. And I want you to catch this, especially you parents. Catch this in verse 3. Then his father and mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren or among all my people that you must go and get a wife from this uncircumcised Philistine? And the Samson, Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. When Samson's parents hear about what Samson wants to do, what do they do? They immediately put up a warning sign for Samson. They're trying to get his attention. They know that Samson marrying an uncircumcised Philistine woman was not the Lord's will. They knew that it was not what was best for Samson, and they tried to encourage him to marry a good Israelite girl. It's kind of like us. We don't necessarily want somebody that's going to, our kids to marry somebody from out of town. We want them to marry a good Anderson girl. Amen? Uh, I believe that's the same thing that, that uh, Samson's parents were feeling. Parents, listen. Your child may not appreciate it. They may not appreciate it, but you have a responsibility to warn your kid if they're about to do something that's going to bring them harm. Amen? God uses parents. God uses parents, whether they're spiritual parents or biological parents, He uses parents to put up warning signs for young people. Amen? So that's, the lesson here is twofold. Not only that parents ought to put up warning signs, but that our graduates ought to listen to the warning signs. Amen? All right? 
So let's notice some things uh, that Samson uh, ignored. He disrespectfully ignored his parents' charge, but then he also disrespectfully made his own personal choice. Samson don't care what his parents think. Samson don't care what God thinks. Samson don't care what's right or wrong. All Samson cares about is pleasing himself. And that is a major problem in his life. And so what does he do? He disrespects his parents' wishes, and he disrespects the will of God. All those things should have been a huge, flashing warning sign to Samson. When we could care less what God says in his word, when we could care less about how our actions affect others, when we could care less about other people's feelings, about other people's needs, about other people's wants, then you are heading for trouble, and that should be a huge flashing warning sign for you. Listen, life is bigger than you. Graduates, life is bigger than you. It's bigger than what you think, it's bigger than what you feel. Life is bigger than what you want. And your actions affect others. Your actions will impact your family. Your actions will impact your circle of friends. And your actions will impact your church. So what are you going to do? Are you going to disrespect others? Are you going to disrespect others' feelings and others' needs? If you're doing that, that should be a huge flashing warning sign for you. Because had Samson heeded the warning signs, had he heeded the warning signs that God was giving him in these wrong desires and in this brazen disrespect, then he could have saved himself a ton of trouble. But there's a third warning sign I want to share with you. And that is Samson's disobedience. Let's reread in verse 5. And so Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother, and he came to the vineyards in Timnah. Now to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore that lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father and mother what he had done. So Samson's parents sacrificed their own convictions. You see a problem with that? Samson's parents sacrificed their own personal convictions. Why? Because they want to make him happy. Can I just say to our parents today, sacrificing your convictions is the wrong thing to do. It's never right. Don't sacrifice your personal convictions, your spiritual convictions, or your God-given convictions just to please your child. Instead, hold by your convictions. We're called to stand for what's right, even if the whole world is doing what's wrong. Disrespect for others and the like is a real problem. Too many parents live for nothing but to make their children happy. But you know what I say to that? What about making the Lord happy? What about making God happy? Shouldn't that be our number one priority? I believe it should. 
So on their way to get Samson's Philistine wife, Samson apparently wanders off. And he passes through a vineyard when he is attacked by a lion. And Samson kills this lion with his bare hands. I mean, I say, wow, that's a pretty spectacular feat. But this was only the first of many great feats of strength in Samson's life. But you know what it really is? It's really a glimpse into his heart. It's really a glimpse into his heart of disobedience. This is yet another warning sign that Samson should have heeded, and I want to tell you why. First of all, notice the place of his disobedience. Verse 5 says, So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards in Timnah. Now, if you were here last week, you would say, Wait a minute. What is Samson doing in a vineyard? Last week we learned that Samson was a Nazarite born completely separated to the Lord and he was to not eat anything from the vine. So he had no business being in a vineyard. Did he think that he was immune from temptation? Did Samson somehow think that the law against eating and drinking from the vine applied to everybody? But him, who knows what he thought. But the bottom line is, being in a place where he was tempted to sin made him ripe for disobedience. Are y'all hearing that? Because the same is true with us. Brothers and sisters, hear my heart this morning. If you are putting yourself in places where you are tempted to sin, you are revealing a disobedient heart unto God. So the place of his disobedience was that vineyard where he had no business being. But then we see the proof of his disobedience in verse 7. He went down and he talked with that woman, and she pleased Samson well. Now, the proof of the disobedience was in the doing. Samson was disobedient by ignoring all of God's warning signs and doing what he wanted to do. That was the problem. You see, a disobedient heart always shows itself in disobedient actions. If you see somebody acting disobediently to God, you can rest assured that it started right here with a disobedient heart. A disobedient heart has no regard for God a disobedient heart has no regard for the circumstances and the consequences that are sure to come. So when you do as you please, knowing that God doesn't want you doing that, you are placing yourself in a position of disobedience. Even though you know God is against it, that should be a huge red flashing warning sign that you are headed for trouble. So the place of his disobedience was that vineyard. The proof of his disobedience was in the doing. But notice the price of disobedience in verse 8. So after some time, Samson returned to get the Philistine woman, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion he had killed. And behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of that dead lion. And he took some of that honey... And he went along eating it. And when he came to his father and mother, he gave some to them. And they also ate. 
but he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of a dead lion. You may remember from last week that Nazarites, those born separated unto the Lord, were not to touch anything unclean. Anything dead is unclean. You can imagine with all the disease breeding in a dead carcass, how that could be unclean. Well, they were not to touch anything that was unclean. So what does Samson do? He goes and touches that dead lion and violates his vow to the Lord not to touch anything unclean. And the price that Samson paid was forfeiting God's hand staying on his life. From this point on, God's hand would no longer be on Samson's life. But for his own reasons, God doesn't judge Samson outright right there. We learn in verse 4 that these events were of the Lord. Verse 4 says, But his father and mother did not know that this was of the Lord, that the Lord was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. So if you're like me, I'm scratching my head. Did God cause Samson to sin? Well, listen, that does not mean that God planned the sin of Samson. It does mean that God allowed it. God allowed Samson to sin. It does mean that Samson's sin was going to be used by the Lord to fulfill his purposes for his people, for his nation, and for us. But that strikes me as being so amazing. It's so amazing. I mean, think about it. God works the same way in our lives. Does God make us sin? Does God make us sin? I'm asking you. Of course not. Does God condone our sin? No, of course not. He does not. But does He use our sin to accomplish His plans? He sure does. He sure does. He'll use our sin for His own purposes in His people in the world and in and through us. But here's where people get a little bit deceived. They think that because nothing happened to them, they're getting away with it. You don't ever, ever get away with sin. Oh, it may look like you're getting away with it, but you ain't getting away with it. There is always, say always, there is always a day of reckoning for our sin. There is always a day. Listen, somebody is going to pay for your sin. You may not have to pay for it directly yourself. But maybe your spouse might have to pay for your sin. Maybe your children might have to pay for your sin. Maybe your circle of friends might have to pay for your sin. Maybe your church has got to pay for your sin. Listen, somebody's going to pay for your sin. There's always a day of reckoning. But if we will just recognize, and if we will just deal with a disobedient heart, then we'll be heeding the warning from God that trouble is on the way. Think about it with Samson. Had Samson checked, had Samson checked his desires, had Samson checked his disrespect, had Samson checked his disobedience, he could have saved himself a whole ton of trouble. But that's not what happened. So I want to give you the fourth and final warning sign. And that was Samson's deception. 
Samson was so full of self, so full of pride, that he never considers the consequences of his actions. By eating that honey from that dead lion, Samson defiles himself, and God's not going to leave his hand on anything that's defiled. But he didn't stop there. Because as we read, by deceiving and giving some of that honey to his parents, he also caused them to be defiled. Listen, when we disregard the will of God, we always pull other people down with us. Did you know that? We always pull others down with us. It is so sad, but it's so true that few of us stop to think about the impact of our decisions on the lives of other people. We need to do a better job of that. Stopping to think, how is this going to affect my bride? How is this going to affect my children? How is this going to affect my church? All we see is our pleasure. We don't see the pain that's coming down the road. And so we just do what we want to do. But how many of you know that sinful people don't like to sin alone. No. Graduates, listen up. The world will try to tempt you. The world will try to pressure you to do things that are completely against what you know in your heart you should do. The world will try to pressure you to join with them in their sin. See, wicked people are never content to enjoy their wickedness all alone. No, misery loves company, and so do miserable sinners. Therefore, graduates and church, we would all do well to be very careful of the company we keep. Evil people may appear friendly. But listen, they are not your friends if they're enticing you to go places and to do things that you know will defile you. So just imagine for a moment, y'all. Imagine for a moment how Samson's life would have been different if he'd have heeded the warning signs and turned his life toward God. Now imagine what God might do with us if we will read and heed the warning signs given to Samson, given throughout Scripture, the warning signs that God places in our lives. If we would just see and heed the warning signs. Friend, are you seeing any warning signs in your life? If so, are you going to continue down that road to ruin? Or are you going to make the necessary changes to get back on track with God? The choice is yours. You see, if you're seeing sinful desires in your life, if you're seeing an open disrespect for authority, 
If you are seeing disobedience to the will of God, if you are seeing deception in your life, whether it's you doing the deceiving or you being deceived, listen, the time to change is now. That's a huge red flashing warning sign for you. So listen. may not be too late for you to avoid the catastrophic circumstances, the catastrophic consequences of you disobeying warning signs. Likewise, if you give your life to Jesus Christ today, it won't be too late for you to be forgiven of all your sins. If you'll give your life to Jesus Christ today, it won't be too late for you to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. If you give your life to Christ today, it won't be too late for you to be reconciled back to God. If you give your life to Christ today, it won't be too late for you to be guaranteed an inheritance in heaven that promises to blow your mind. If you give your life to Christ today. But it's your call. God doesn't force us to be saved. He doesn't force us to be forgiven. He doesn't force us to be redeemed, and He doesn't force us to receive the gift of eternal life. It's your call. Are you hearing any warning signs today? Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, your, your word is so clear and so chock full of warning signs in our life. 